Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zonner, and I'm Zook, and please. The Stolen Droids Podcast? Is it The Stolen Droids Podcast or Stolen Droids Podcast? We'll never know. We've made the it's joke been... before, but I don't think I've ever started an episode with it. It's one of it's one of the great mysteries of life. Why are we here? Where are we going when we die? Is there is a it, the? Is it The Stolen Droids Podcast or just Stolen Droids Podcast? We need a grammar person to, to help us figure that out. But in the meantime, while we wait on them, while we, while we await our mail order grammar person... Uh, we want to give a shout I out to our friends. I hope she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to give a shout out to our friends over at truckradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio, stitcher.com, Geek Factor Radio, Radio KSCR, and WP Cycle Web Hosting. Yeah. Is that everyone? That's everyone. That's awesome. Boom. Mic drop, but not really because I can't afford a new one. Yeah, that would suck, wouldn't it? I can't you break admit- your mic halfway through the show or a minute and 12 seconds into the show. <laughs> the rest of the hour is just Zoner talking with some static talking back to him. Yeah, it would be good fun. Now, we didn't have any feedback, did we? Uh, I don't think so. No, we did not. Uh, we did register for uh, a new podcast uh, network. So if you happen to find Satchel, which is a new app on iOS and Android, we are listed on there as well. I've been trying it out this week uh, at your suggestion. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I actually saw that as an ad come across Facebook, and I thought, ooh, this is interesting. So, as I understand it, it basically localizes your podcast to what's in your state? Well, that's an option. I mean, it has the normal directory, and you can still search for ones that aren't like you normally can. But, yeah, then it also cross-references your location with... um, where the location is listed or registered for different podcasts. For instance, we say we're in Utah frequently, but we're in two different counties and not even, you know, next to, next door to each other counties. So where do we say we are? I just put Salt Lake City because it's our capital. And, and it's in between. And it's in between, even though technically we're not in there. Um, but so, yeah, you use your location and it says, oh, well, these podcasts are near you. This could be a great thing. Uh, you know, if you're in an odd little nook of the world, and, oh, hey, look, there's a podcast about, you know, elk hunting that my neighbor down the street does. I didn't even know he did that. Or it could be a living nightmare if you live anywhere in New York City or San Francisco where everyone has a podcast. You know, I've noticed, though, there's a lot of podcasters here in Utah. Well, the, the geek, not to not to name one of our sponsors, but the geek factor is high here. It is. And you can name one of our sponsors because, you know, they're from we here. Love, yeah. We love the guys on Geek Factor. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of an interesting thing. I, I, the verdict's still out, but they're still working on it. If you don't like the built in podcast app on iOS, there's always other options. I'm currently using Pocket Cast. That's the one I prefer. That's what I use as well. Yeah. So, and I mainly use it because I spent like five bucks on it and I'll never stop using a $5 app no matter how crappy it becomes. Well, you know, it hasn't become more crappy though. No, it's actually a really good podcast app, but you know how a lot of times you'll buy an app and six months later it's completely abandoned and yep. it just slowly degrades into a piece of crap that takes up space on your phone. Or worse yet, and what what, what app was this? There was an app that did this where they didn't get as much money as they had hoped out of sales. And so even if you bought it for like seven or nine bucks, it still started giving you ads. 
that happens a lot of times. That's just dirty. Yeah. I I don't like that. There were, there was a new one that that happened with uh over the last couple of weeks. I can't remember what it was. But. Yeah, I know. I'm right there with you. I, I can't can't remember either. But moving on into news about making money. Apple actually posted a loss. Yeah, it's a big deal too cuz it hasn't happened since 2001. And I it wasn't really that they had a loss. They had a revenue decline. Yeah, uh, you're right. I should have clarified that, and I apologize. Um, and strangely, I cannot open this. It's because your computer has the devils inside of it. I just reformatted today uh, and reinstalled everything on my computer, and it's amazing how much you don't realize you had on there until you suddenly don't have it. And you need it. <laughs> I'm also, for the first time, going completely chromeless. So this will be an interesting experiment. Yes, it will. But yeah, they I guess um, their annual rev- revenue has declined from last year. Uh, in 2015, it was 233.7 billion with a B uh, for the fiscal year, and for the 2016 fiscal year, it's down almost eight percent at 215.6 billion. Now, 200 plus billion dollars is still a lot of money but that's not a good sign you know they're well they're, i i would like to point out here too uh that this news came out on the 25th okay that was tuesday we're recording this on thursday and what was this morning this morning was the apple event right we knew they were going to be coming out with some new hardware they do this twice a year and it's always a big deal big deal and we'll get into the the details about what they announced here in a moment. But I find it interesting that even with this event coming up, stock prices and, and overall valuation still fell. Has Apple lost their magic? I think so. Uh, and here's the reason why I bring it up. Okay. First off, smartwatches aren't selling. We'll bring, we'll go into that here too, because that's one of our headlines. Smartwatches just are not selling. Um, we can go into the whys, but we won't at the moment. Typically, Apple has banked heavily on the, yeah, this report's coming out right now, but you know we're about to release something that's going to change everything. And they can usually get by on that. Yeah, I'm not real happy with my iPhone 3D 5600 RSX, but I know that in a couple months they're going to release the 6000 RSX, and I can't wait for that one. You know, they're able to keep the hype. And they've done that very well year over year. That even if they have a dud or one that doesn't work well, the hype keeps them going to the next year. But they've been riding that hype train for years now. And I think it's finally starting to peter out. I think people are finally saying, look, the five wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. The six was okay. The six was a good one. The seven, you know, why not just keep the six? There's only so many years you can keep doing that before people just finally say, yeah, I don't care what the next one is they bring out. Yeah, it's it's amazing because I mean, we've talked about it and we talked about it last week uh, with the feedback we got. Apple's no longer innovating anything. Well, they have arguably they haven't for a long time, but that sounds like yes. a rant. That sounds like fanboyism. And we I don't want to play into that, even though from an objective standpoint, they don't. But but uh, it, it is a fact. I mean, we can we can say it is a fact. And I think that the people that have been dedicated Apple fanboys, for lack of a better term, 
are finally starting to realize it. Like you said, why get an iPhone 7 when I got an iPhone 6? Right. What's, what's the point? I lose a headphone jack. You know, it, the hardware is not that big of a step ahead. There's nothing really drastically different about it. It's just a faster phone. Well, or and, a newer phone in some cases, not even necessarily faster. Right. And, and iPad is right there as well. It's like, oh, why get a new iPad? My old one works just fine. And people keep their tablets longer than they keep. I take that back. Let me re redo that. People keep their iPads longer than they keep their iPhones. iPads yeah. are serious bits of kit. I won't they lie. Are. They're expensive. They're expensive and they're built to last. Yeah. Unless you have a toddler up to a 13-year-old. Or you have a habit of dropping them or using them in public. They're actually built very robustly. Yeah. Which means you don't need to replace one very often. You you really don't. I mean, my mom still, I think she's got a, it may be an original iPad, maybe an iPad 2. And she's been using it for years. It still works. Does she you still know? drive a Mustang 2 as well? She does not. A 1983 Mustang II or whatever year it was. No. Like a middle school math teacher. <laughs> no. But she's got a CRV, I believe. But um, the interesting thing is, like, it's gotten to the point where she can't update anything because of the built-in obsolescence. Mm-hmm. Which, and I really think that that's all, all Apple has going for it in some respects. Right. And that's kind of sad. Now... We do need to get into the event that happened this morning because we go on and on about obsolescence and they haven't done anything innovative because we're about to eat our words. They did do something innovative with this new announcement. They redesigned the MacBook Pro. Now, let's get the obligatory stuff out of the way. Okay. Upgraded CPU. Yeah, you kind of hope so, right? Upgraded RAM, upgraded graphics, all normal stuff. We're still on board there. This one lacks courage as well. There's a headphone port. <laughs> if they were truly courageous, they would take the headphone port off of this. Yeah, see what happens then. That That's a ballsy move right there. Is that, what that will is. never happen. I think they've learned. Um, the trackpad is larger. Always a good thing. And frankly, on laptops, that is precious real estate. Nothing kills the ergonomics of a laptop more than a horribly placed, horribly built, or horribly sized trackpad. But it's yeah. real innovation, and I've got to give them kudos to this because it's awesome, is instead of having a row of function buttons up along the top of the keyboard, there is now an OLED display, which, one, I love OLEDs, and two, this is very cool because it's a second display, but it's a touch display. So if you need function keys, that miniature keyboard there becomes the function keys. If you are scrolling through photos, suddenly it changes and it becomes a way to scroll through or to edit. If I'm mixing down the podcast, it can become like a mixing station. It can change what it needs to be based on the app you're in. If you're browsing the internet, you can have your favorites pinned down there or your tabs. This is innovative. It is actually quite cool. And in a way, sure, it's a little gimmicky, but frankly, this is what Apple has been leading us to the entire time. They came out with the iPhone, then they came out with the iPad, and everyone got used to using touchscreens for actual computational stuff, for actual work. Then Android came out, then Microsoft followed suit. Before this, touchscreens were just kind of a really clunky way to use Windows, and it didn't actually work. Now, some questions. 
uh, because people have brought it up in the comments. How do you turn this thing on? <laughs> because the touchscreen covers the spot where the power button used to be. That is a good point. Um, going back to the to the touchscreen, though, my first thought was, really? That does seem very gimmicky. And maybe, you know, this is one of those things that will, will grow on me over time. But it just, I don't know. My keyboard now, I've got the row of function keys. And then I've got a whole bunch of, a whole another set of buttons up above it for my media controls and keyboard shortcuts and stuff. And I found that I very rarely use anything other than the media controls. Right. Uh, and see, and I get that. But for a laptop that is also your workstation, I do everything I have on a laptop as well. And sometimes I could really use another input uh, if I'm mixing down the podcast or if I'm doing a video editing. Man, how I wouldn't love some kind of quick toggle or timeline control. It's just that little bit of extra functionality that just makes the difference. Now... There is also a version that won't have this, uh, starting at fourteen ninety nine. The one that does have it uh, does have the touch bar is seventeen ninety nine, and they both go up from there. So typical Apple expensive hardware. Yeah. Oh, one thing I did uh, leave out. Uh, this has Touch ID, which on one hand. So what laptops have had touch sensors for a while, but they haven't had the software to tie it in. This one does. It uses Apple pays touch ID system. So if you're making purchases online, you just use your touch ID, use your fingerprint and it authenticates the payment. This is clever for two reasons. One, because it's so easy and I'm sounding like an Apple ad. Uh, it's so easy. We know this technology works. We know it works because they use it in iOS for everything. Uh, and we know it actually gained ground faster than we expected it to with Android Pay kind of crapping the bed. Um, but it also is important because this will force people to use Apple Pay. Yeah. Touch ID, Touch ID, excuse me, works with Apple Pay. And sure, Apple Pay can pull from your PayPal account or it can pay from your credit card or your debit card or just straight out of your bank. But it all has to go through Apple Pay. It's the same thing with Samsung Pay or, or Android Pay. Uh-huh. They become the payment gateway. Hopefully, if we see this trend continue, hopefully this means we see fewer credit card breaches. Let's hope. That'd be Holy nice. Holy crap. Now, um, what else did they announce? Better Twitter integration with Siri. Yay. Um, Apple TV. Yay. I find it very hard to get excited about these things. Maybe it's because I've been using Media Center for like 13 years. Is that it? Probably. <laughs> It's like those Comcast Xfinity commercials. Xfinity X1 is so advanced, you can talk into your remote. I'm like, oh, you mean like Roku? Yeah, they do have that. I forgot that they had that. Yeah. I actually ran that beta test. Yeah. Oh, you mean like Cortana <laughs> with a with a built-in tuner? Oh, you mean like people have been doing with their home-built system for five years? Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, hey, look, Apple TV has it where if you pause a show on your iPhone and pick it up on Apple TV, it picks it from where you paused. Great. Plex has been doing that for years. Congratulations. So I, it's good they're bringing this out, but this is kind of slipping back into the I don't feel it's innovative. I feel it's just keeping up 
with what technology is already there. Still, good they have it. Um, it's only available on like cable channels you're subscribed to and Apple TV itself. So if you have things like Plex or Netflix or Amazon, sorry, no good for you. Yeah. Well, you know, you just mentioned something. I, it's almost as if Apple is playing catch up to the rest of the tech world, but they're doing it with style. So they're getting all the credit. Well, this has kind of been Apple's MO quite a bit. Yes, it has. They're playing catch up. But they're trying to do it in a way that you, they hope you don't know this stuff actually exists. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're counting on the ignorance of their consumers. Right. And I think kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, I don't think their consumers are as ignorant as they used to be. Right, right. Um, and that, for better or for worse, I mean, there's a million different tech blogs out there now that... Uh, that follow this stuff. And in a way they've kind of engineered their own demise. They got such rabid fanboys, And this isn't just Apple, by the way, this is all tech companies. They brought out products that gained such a cult following. It's like a religion with people. Well, if you're obsessed with Apple tech or Android tech or Microsoft tech, what are you going to do? You're going to follow it like crazy. Yep. And you follow it enough. You start to learn the ins and out and all of a sudden, wait a minute, this wasn't, this wasn't as good as you thought, or this isn't as important as you thought. Yeah. And well, for- and I've started noticing that with a lot of things with Google over the last couple of, couple of versions of Android. And we've talked about it. But yeah, I mean, that, that uh, innocence that you see your respective company that you fanboy over is is kind of tarnishing for people yeah well and it's again it's just part of getting a following marvel movies are the same way now people are nitpicking dr strange trailers when you know 10 years ago it would have been like oh hey there's gonna be a dr strange movie and you're going no there's not yeah i don't even know who that is no there's not um (laughs) that's what we all said about guardians of the galaxy well i didn't because i'm a comic nerd but yeah right um, now, there is some other Apple news before we move on. The AirPods. Yeah. Now, this is surprising because I thought these were out. Nope. Because I've seen people with them, but then I realized that the people that I've seen posting images of them on Twitter and stuff are actually like tech journalists that got advanced prototype versions or something. Yeah. Um AirPods, if you needed uh, a reminder, use Apple's proprietary wireless system with the new iPhones because, of course, there's no microphone, um, uh, headphone jack. Excuse me. Um, the new iPhone 7 has a W1 chip that's supposed to provide incredible audio fidelity. We've already talked about why that's such a stupid idea. The issue has been covered ad nauseum by every tech journalist out there. We won't go into it again. Um, there is actually some wireless headsets out there right now that do make use of the W1 chipset. It's by Beats, which isn't surprising because Beats is Apple. Yes. Wait, no. Beats was HP. Then they got sold. Did they get bought up by Apple? No. I, did Were they HP? They were for a while, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, Apple owns Beats. Okay. Um, so it's not really surprising that they have their own. My biggest thing with the AirPods is they just look stupid. I know that's a stupid thing to go off of, and I just said the word stupid three times now within 30 seconds. Uh, bad Zook. Bad Zook. But of all Apple things, aren't they supposed to look sleek? Aren't they supposed to look like you want to wear them? 
These look they like look the, like a broken he- earbuds. To right, me. right. They look like a pair of ears uh, headphones after my kids got to them on a long road trip. Yeah. Um, they look like you're going to have antennas sticking out of your ears before they inevitably fall out. Yeah. And they're anyway. Uh, last minute announcement. They just said they simply need a little more time to make them ready for your ears. Um, there are some bugs. They just need to polish up some issues. Ah, uh, I don't think this sounds, this isn't good. I'm not going to go on the apocalyptic rant. I don't think it sounds horrible. I just think this is going to be a huge misstep for Apple in the long run. I don't I see agree. the AirPods really taking off. I don't see Apple making great use of this W1 chip, at least not in this generation of iPhone. Yeah. Just saying. But, you know, I will say this. If it was Google coming out or, or another company coming out saying, oh, yeah, we're experiencing delays, I'd pretty much write it off right then. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, Apple, they will come out, but I think it's I think it's going to hurt. To be fair, it's not like the AirPods are burning up in people's ears and have been banned on airlines. So <laughs> could you imagine if those things exploded? I saw a Halloween costume online today of Samsung Galaxy Note 7 user, and it's like this fake phone burned onto a person's cheek. Oh, my goodness. A little bit too topical there. Um, Microsoft is running a new promotion now. They will pay you to ditch your MacBook if you go to a Surface. They'll pay you up to $650. Yeah. That's not nothing. No, it's really not. I mean... I I haven't looked at the fine details on this, at the fine print, but I mean, can it be any MacBook Pro? I mean, um, no, it has to be within a certain age range, and it has to be some certain models. And to be fair, it's probably less than you could have gotten on for your MacBook Pro on the third market. Third secondary market. market? Yes, thank you. <laughs> on the tertiary market. Yes, secondary adjunct. <laughs> nice um that's a that's a really obscure market you really have to know how to navigate the silk road to get to that market oh geez but i tell you that's where the best taco cart is um problem is the meat is human flesh (laughs) i was about to say the taco cart sounds like a really good name for like a whorehouse in like some (laughs) dystopian future yeah come on down to the taco cart man Sorry, Joe. Um, so anyway, this is a great little uh, a great little promotion, especially because earlier this week, Microsoft had their event. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Apple has figured out how to do these events. Okay? They use buzzwords. Everything is perfectly done. Google figured it out for a while, too, but they stopped doing them. Microsoft just can't figure it out. Microsoft gets blue screens of death when they display their new hardware. They're so boring. So boring. It's like, I I don't care if Apple is is just hiring actors to do this. I don't care if, you know, Johnny Ives and I I don't care if none of them actually have anything to do with Apple. That is just actors. It's entertaining, at least. Yeah. The five minutes I watched the Microsoft presentation... The five minutes I was able to will myself to sit there and watch paint dry, they were actually showing off the most beautiful piece of hardware I've seen in a very long time. And all the guy could say was, 
Yeah, so the screen, I mean, we'll just look at it. <laughs> That's what one would do. I'm like, well, okay. Can you tell me anything about it? Because, yeah, it looks pretty. I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, and we should reiterate, you're a Microsoft fanboy. I'm so... a huge Microsoft fanboy, and if this thing didn't cost $2,500, I'd get one in a heartbeat, because the new Surface Studio is the most beautiful desktop I've seen in a very long time. It really is, isn't it? Too now, bad they don't know how to present it. Yeah. Now, there are a few... All This is an all-in-one desktop. It has a 4K display, 28 inches built in. Uh, unlike the iMacs and other ones like it, the... PC is actually in the base, and the base is tiny. We're talking smaller than a Mac than a uh, Mac Mini. And in that, they have shoved high-end level specs, newest Core i7, like two terabyte SSD, sixteen gigs of RAM, uh, up to thirty-two, I think. Uh, Nvidia's nine sixty chipset. It's powerful. Oh, and that 4K 28-inch screen, the entire thing is a touchscreen, and it can actually pivot down and move down as a tablet. There's a corresponding pen and dial accessory you get for free with it. You can lift the dial and put it onto the screen. It knows where it is on the screen and open it up as a jog wheel or opens up secondary app commands. Uh, you know how I was just saying with the new MacBook Pro, you can use that secondary screen to help you shuttle through time if you're doing video editing. This one, you can use that wheel. It's very innovative. It's amazing. You know, I saw that, and my first thought was witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's It really is amazing. So how come you have me tuning out because you don't know how to present this thing? Oh, Yeah, they, they, need to, they need to get new marketing people. I feel like a putz. I need to rewind back to Apple's. I can't believe I forgot this. The one really innovative thing about the new MacBook Pro. Truly, I'm not being facetious or anything. So, you know, back in the day when they changed it, so the only way you could charge your MacBook was also through the only USB port. So yes. you could either charge it or use your accessories. <laughs> yes. The MacBook Pro said a big F you to that. It has three Thunderbolt 3.0 ports. Any of them can take the charger. That is nice. They can all be ports. They can all be a charger. I don't know if that would work, but you could so... I have this charger, and it can only reach to the left side. Oh, not a problem. I can plug it in there. It can only reach to the right side. Not a problem. It totally doesn't even care which port you plug it into. That is freaking awesome. That is. I have no doubt they're patenting. If it's not already patented, it is will be soon, which is too bad, because I think that's something that every single laptop needs. Anyway, back to Microsoft. Yeah, so <laughs> the Surface Studio may be the most incredible desktop I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Um, not ever, but definitely close. They also announced their new Surface Book, the refresh. Uh, Pre-orders for that come up at the end of November. Uh, newer i7, newer, newer graphics, newer everything. But outside, not much has changed, which is okay because really the thing was a winning design to begin with. Yeah. Now, as far as a Surface goes, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking this is the future of computers. This is how all computers are going to be in the next five years. I hope so. You know, I I think Microsoft is really doing some good stuff. Now, one other thing that they did, and this actually was the first bit of news that I heard come out of the event because people start going crazy. They're updating MS Paint. Yeah. Weird, right? 
I mean, MS Paint is like the most basic paint program out there. And it's now going to be known as Paint 3D. Yeah, so the idea is like you could draw a two-dimensional square, click on it, and it will render out into 3D. Reason Which is being, cool. HoloLens. Yes. That is exactly what it's for. They're also adding 3D creation tools to PowerPoint, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, They also say, quote-unquote, they're trying to make the HoloLens more accessible, which, let's be honest, means affordable. Yes. Yeah, the VR stuff, I don't see it taking off until, and I think I've talked about it here, I don't see it taking off until it becomes more affordable for the for the average person. If they could make it a competitor to the Oculus Rift so you could also use it for gaming, I'm sold. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, I'm just saying, I my new laptop here, I have Forza Horizon 3. I play it on the Xbox, but then I also play it on my laptop. And because it's an Xbox Anywhere title, it syncs my progress between the two. Or, if I want to, I can play my Xbox One through my PC. If my wife is watching a movie out in the living room and she doesn't, I don't want to bother her or something, or if she has friends over, I can just play my game over the network through my PC. If I had a HoloLens plugged in that I was doing work on and then switched into game mode, hey, that's living the dream right there. Indeed. Um, before we move on to the next big tech company, especially because we're at the half hour mark here, um, there is actually reason to say that no one's buying smartwatches. Sales are tanking. Now, what's the reason for this? Because, you know, when the when the Apple Watch came out, it sold a lot. It didn't sell as much as everyone expected. We know exactly why it sold, though. Because of Apple. It was it's, a status symbol. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was people wanting it kind of like the, the iPhone was originally. Yeah. But you look at it. And you think, you know, these smartwatches can do so much. They can, they can, you know, act as a fitness tracker. They can give you your email. They can, they can do whatever. I've got a, a Fitbit, one of the new, um, it's the Fitbit Charge 2. It tells me when I've got a message coming in. It tells me when my phone's ringing. And it's a health tracker. And when I think about smartphones, or excuse me, smartwatches, that's basically all that I could see myself using it for. So I spent 150 bucks on my Fitbit compared to three, five hundred, seventeen thousand on a smartwatch, and I don't see the point. Is is that, in your opinion, Zook? Is that why sales are just not good? Are, are other people sharing my mentality? I think people forgot what a watch is. Because they've been carrying their phone and no need for the watch. Right. I mean, people, so I have a watch. It's a citizen. It's in, it's an eco drive. Um, I love it. It's beautiful to me. And I've talked about it here on the show before. Mine is an entry level luxury watch. It probably, my wife got it on sale. Probably it was a Christmas present. Normally this thing would probably cost 350. Okay. Uh, I have a Bulova watch that cost me around $400 back in the day. And when I say entry level, I'm dead serious because Bergeau watches can go up to $27,000 easy without breaking a sweat. And these are simple analog watches. They don't do anything other than tell the time very, very, very accurately. All a watch is today is a status symbol. If you're a watch person, you look at people's wrists. You see what they're wearing. 
Oh, that person has a fitness tracker. Okay, no big deal. Oh, that person has a Fitbit. Okay, no big deal. I notice every smartwatch I see. I notice every single one. And they're interesting. Sure, I ask them how they like it, if they use it a lot, if you know it was worth it. But it's the person who I look at and I say, that's a Rolex. That's an actual authentic Rolex. I don't need to ask him if he likes it. I don't need to ask him if he thought it was worth it. That wasn't the point. Because it's a Rolex. Because it's a freaking Rolex. Or it's a vintage Seiko Silver Wave. It's this thing that I don't think people understood about watches. You want something that just tells the time, buy a Casio. Yeah. And yes, as you pointed out, smartwatches are very capable, but they're only really useful for showing you information, not entering or interacting with that information. Short of next track, previous track. No one, you don't see people talking to their watches like Dick Tracy. You don't see people making appointments on their watches. It looks weird. It's awkward. You simply don't have the same capabilities. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And you are, I mean, you've talked about your love for watches on this show before. So, I mean, there, that should come as no surprise that you would that you would view watches and, and smart watches the way you do, considering the way you enjoy them. But I, I don't think people appreciate them. Well, no, they don't. And that's why I've, I've often said wearable tech will only become really, really useful and commonplace once it gets to the usability standpoint. Once you're not simply using wearable tech to view information, but you're using it to interact with information, which is why we're going to need full glass headsets or we're going to need like the Pip-Boy, a full gauntlet style interface that you can do things in or just a holographic one or a neural net one. But we're many years from that. We're looking at an infant technology that people jumped on because they thought it was fashionable. Totally. And guess what? It's eventually going to be as fashionable as that Casio calculator watch. Hey, I had one of those. It was sweet. Sure. And it cost a pretty penny at the time, too. It did. And some kid at my school broke it. Pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into the last big tech company, Google. Uh, they're in trouble. So Google is, of course, owned by Alphabet. There's this little secret joke. There's Alphabet's others bets, meaning the other companies that Alphabet owns. And one of them is Google Fiber. Um, it's not going so well. They have to completely scale back operations. The CEO stepping down. They're laying off 9% of the staff. They're not going to be able to roll out to cities that they've said they were going to roll out to. Part yeah, of, including Los Angeles. I mean, dude, L.A., Portland. I, I mean, do work in Los Angeles. The fiber scene there is a nightmare. But you think about what kind of a market that would be for Google and how bad things have to be for Google Fiber to be pulling out or saying, no, we're not going in well, right now. It's a huge market, which is why Time Warner doesn't want to let Google in. Yeah. And Time Warner sucks. I'll say it's just point blank. I won't even beat around the bush. Time Warner Cable sucks. I hate Time Warner Cable. (laughs) My L.A. office is right smack dab in Time Warner territory. We can't get any other fiber near it. I swear they're down like once a week. 
<laughs> well, maybe getting bought by AT&T will be a good thing. Possibly. We'll get into that here in a moment. Now, part of what is happening at Google Fiber is I believe they'll probably be scaling back considerably because they're looking more also at wireless. And we talked about this with uh, Verizon last last week or the week before? A couple weeks ago, how yeah. they were not allowed to fix the copper lines. They had to put the, the wireless onto it. Mm-hmm. Wireless makes a lot of sense because with maybe only $5,000 worth of equipment, you can broadcast incredibly strong internet signals over a very large swath of land. It's why cell phone networks are able to expand at the rate they can. So it makes sense. But I have to wonder if at some point we're going to be pumping so much wireless information into the air that it's going to cause massive problems. Uh, You know, my wife actually has problems with wireless uh, we had a access point, not one of my Eros, but before I got the Eros, I had a, a router that I had configured as an access point, and I would keep it behind her recliner in our bedroom. And every time she would sit down in that recliner, she would get a headache every single time. And she would find that router and unplug it, and her headache would be gone. And finally, I, I had to just move it because it wasn't. It wasn't cool always having my, my access point be unplugged. But I think, you know, if we start, I think if we start polluting the air, for lack of a better term, with a ton of Wi-Fi signals, I think we could start seeing some issues. Uh, there's this great uh, sci-fi series I love by Timothy Zahn called The Conqueror Saga, uh, where we go to war against a race of aliens. And it's because of a major misunderstanding. The aliens have a uh, an organ in their brain that's incredibly susceptible to radio waves, which is why they use laser communications. But mankind doesn't. Mankind uses radio waves. And so when our ships first encounter their ships and we broadcast our signal of peace or our welcome signal, they took Mm -hmm. it as an opening salvo of war and just obliterated the fleet. (laughs) I just imagine that, yeah, Google Fiber does wireless now, and we're pretty much protected from any aliens like that. (laughs) Like they can't get near Earth. It works. <laughs> um, on Android news, which is kind of like Google news, there is a old Unix bug, sorry, Linux bug, that is so old that Linus Trivaldi knew about it, and it has never been fixed. Oh, and hey, guess what? It's now in Android because Android is built on Linux. And this right here, it's called Dirty Cow. It can root... Every... Which sounds like an insult at the club. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that girl. I wouldn't go near her. She's such a dirty cow. Um, that sounded way worse than I meant. <laughs> that sounds like something Trump would say at the end of a debate. I'm sure Trump has said that. <laughs> Probably at the end of the debates, after the mic was turned off. It was, that, that sounds so bad that CNN would actually put nasty woman in over it. they dub over dirty cow and say nasty woman. Yeah, um, probably. Now, this highlights the reason I don't trust open source, okay? Um, and this is just my own opinion. People who are really into tech are welcome to disagree. Um, the idea is, is that Linux was supposed to be more secure because you can go in and change the operating system at the kernel level and recompile it. So if this problem exists, you just go in there, change the offending bit of code, recompile, and you're good. It's impossible to have any vulnerability forever. Problem is, 
if that's the case, you've got to know how to program. You've got to know what you're doing. Well, that's also assuming, and the problem is you're assuming you have the staff for the people to go in, find every vulnerability, and patch it. Just yeah. because you can do that doesn't mean you have done that. Yeah, I mean, this dirty cow has been floating out there for nine years. Yep. <laughs> but it's it's crazy because uh, in their testing, um, they say that any user can have root access in less than five seconds. That is terrifying. If you have a Samsung device, don't do this. You will lose Samsung Knox and you will lose Samsung Pay. Um yeah, I, I actually thought, oh, I need to use Dirty Cow on my device so that I have root access. And I thought, no, oh, Samsung Pay. Yep, yep. Um, and if you need an example of why uh, Samsung Knox actually does that, there's actually a fusible link on the main board of the phone that if you gain root access, it breaks the link. So it changes the hardware on your phone. So even does if it you, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's how Knox works. Even if you go and back and undo root, you've still broken Knox. The phone is no longer secure. So this um, particular vulnerability affects every Linux kernel greater than 2.6.22, a.k.a. every single Android distribution ever. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. Good news there. Now, do you perceive this as, I mean, it's obviously a problem. It's obviously a threat. Do you perceive this as being something that's going to be exploited now or that was being exploited or are we going to start to see it be exploited because now it's out in the open and everybody knows about it? Um, you know, honestly, I think this is something we're going to see a security patch come real soon from all the carriers. You would hope. I would hope. Um, yeah, Quadroot still isn't totally fixed, you know. Yeah, there is that. Um, you know, I kind of miss my monthly security updates from google on my nexus yeah that doesn't really work though as a, ch pair, a team of chinese hackers found they hacked a google nexus um yeah a 6p the newest one and they uh, they got a hundred and two thousand dollars for it at pwn to own which is a, a hackers conference yeah they also um hacked an iphone mm -hmm. so uh, i think these guys are the uh, maybe the ones that the fbi contacted <laughs> you know honestly this is the way to do it and i know that sounds weird but if you have these kind of skills you could either maybe get some credit card numbers which you then have to scrub through a fence they'll use them and they'll pay you for them or just enter it into contests like this win a total of two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars, buy a house with it and go on to the next security challenge yep i agree I mean, there's good money in security. Smarter, not harder, guys. Yep. Um, so, great news. Vine is dying. Twitter's uh, Vine app is has been shut down. The mobile app has been shut down. Now, Vine, if you didn't know, blissful, wonderful ignorance, um, it's capable of recording six-second videos, which people then annoyingly tack onto each other to create the best Vine compilation of whatever and upload to YouTube. Or hey, Vine did give us Bat Dad. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of copycats trying to copy Bat Dad. True. I just... True. Look, just because everyone can be on the internet and we can see everyone's face and what you're doing doesn't mean we need to or that we care. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Not to mention, I do feel like, as a society, 
internet has kind of increased our ADD quotient. <laughs> like if, if it's not funny within sec- six seconds, it's not funny. Hell no, that's not how comedy works. You know, I've actually found that the internet has changed what I, what I find funny to some extent, or maybe it's just presenting me with things that I would have found funny anyways, because I'm a horrible, horrible person. Uh-oh. Um, but it also, I've got a shorter attention span, I think, because of it. Right. And Vine, not that I use Vine or anything, but Vine and, and Twitter and those services where it's bam, right there, you're done, are largely to blame, I think. Probably. I mean, when you put it that way, the new Ghostbusters movie was kind of like a whole bunch of Vine clips, a joke, every six seconds for uh. an hour and a half. Uh, that's not good. No, it wasn't. Um, into we're we're running low on time here. Into AT and T. AT and T's talking about buying Time Warner Cable for eighty five billion dollars, which is funny because Comcast couldn't. Yeah. How is AT and T going to do it? I think AT and T might be smaller than Comcast. True. Maybe I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing. Yeah, I'm just guessing. Now, Time Warner actually owns Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. So this affects us comic nerds because Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. So, I mean, the stuff with DC Comics has been in disarray, the movies and the comics, for quite some time. My first thought is, is this going to change any of that? Probably not immediately but over time we could start seeing could start seeing some changes because of it yeah well now and it should be brought up too that just because the board of directors have announced it and they've released the details of it it now is submitted to the u.s department of justice yeah it's it's got to be approved by the government i don't think it will be i can't see it being approved at&t was shut down on t-mobile comcast was shut down on time warner I think I think these names are just all too big. I I kind of hope you're right. Be separate, guys. Be separate. But, but you look at it. I mean, AT and T, they do 147 billion dollars in sales compared to Time Warner's 28. Let Facebook so, I mean, buy Time Warner, okay? It, you know, it's just something that guy's gonna do anyway. Yeah, I mean, so AT and T is substantially larger than Time Warner, but is it is Time Warner a small enough player that AT&T can just come in and buy it up. No, without. because like in the LA area, Time Warner is a big enough entity to block out other areas of competition. True. Most of LA has fiber internet, but it's all owned by Time Warner. You can't get fiber internet unless it's through Time Warner. Oh, but now it's AT&T. Now AT&T owns all the fiber and all the other DSL, coax, other metro ethernet that you might want in the area as well that is what we call a monopoly that is illegal yep so that's why i'm saying i don't think this is going to go through yeah it'll be interesting regardless now in other news i don't think we want it to go through because it turns out at&t has been spying on us for money yeah i don't like at&t so much right now AT&T analyzed cellular data from all companies' call records to determine where people were located and who they were talking to. Uh, it was called Project Hemisphere. Uh, and uh, it's not like they were doing it for their own quality of service. They were selling that information to the U.S. government. 
How betrayed do you feel right now? We found out a couple of weeks ago that Yahoo, when they said, oh, yeah, we don't do this, was actually writing programs that did just that. And now we're being literally sold by AT&T. I mean, I just feel so betrayed by I these don't. companies. Right. Not that I should. I don't. Not that I why. shouldn't. I I'm don't know. a cynic. I, I'm an incredible I, cynic. I, I'm more cynical than you, believe it or not. Uh, which, which is amazing because I'm very cynical. I know. It sounds like an impossibility. I get that. I've always known. I, I yeah, have I, no disillusion what? of any amount of privacy in the world or online, and I'm okay with that. I don't think it's right, but I deal with it. And I agree with you. I, I'm the same way. But, you know, you've got these companies and they're out there saying, no, we're not doing this. And then we find out they're actually doing it and turning a profit from it. That's just, it's just dirty. These companies are just dirty. Here's the way, thing, though, and here's how I look at it. And maybe it's this is coming to a head because it's an election year and we're so close to the election. We know the government does this. The government, yes. which is an entity of the people, by the people, for the people, does this to the people. A body that is actually beholden to the public does this to itself. Why are we at all surprised that a for-profit entity who actually doesn't isn't beholden to any of us is doing this as well? Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, we should be amazed that our government's doing it. But if they're doing it, then you can bet everyone else is doing it. Oh, yeah. So that's me. Um, we only have three more headlines. One of them, eh, no one cares because Intel's wearable platform, the B1, got canceled. We all knew that it sucked. It was burning people. No, that was the peak. Oh, the peak. The, the right. B one is their other model, and it's three years old. And Intel has come out and said, yeah, well, we're discontinuing it. Uh, we're shutting down the platform. So if you have one, we will give you a refund. That right there is notable. Yeah. They are giving refunds on three-year-old hardware. That's crazy to me. Maybe I should go and buy an old one for like 30 bucks. See what I can yeah. get. Pick it up at pawn shop or whatever. <laughs> uh, Cisco is claiming they can cut live pirate streams. That's kind of scary. Because um, if they can shut down a pirate stream, who's to determine what that pirate stream is? Maybe that pirate stream is... I don't know, a presidential election debate that somebody doesn't want somebody else to see. Here's how I look at this, and you're getting a lot of philosophy from Zook tonight. Um, but, yeah, the technology exists. Guess what? The technology has always been there. The question is implementing it. Yes. Are you going to have a team of experts at every single event that you want to protect? Are they going to have to do this manually? Are you going to write an algorithm to do it for you? Because if so, we know how well that works. We know the copyright problems with YouTube and how legitimate videos get flagged and taken down. We know about the problem with letting the computer deal with it all. So, I mean, the fact that they can do this is great. Will they do this? Probably not, because they can't afford the people unless it's a big event like the Super Bowl. Yeah. In which case... Why are you illegally streaming the Super Bowl? It's literally on TV for free. That's true. I mean, I, I get it. If you're going to hide the Super Bowl behind the paywall, they'd never do that, however, because they make all their money from advertising and no one's going to see the advertisements if it's behind a paywall. You see what I'm saying? It's like the only events they'd be interested in really protecting, they wouldn't do it to. 
So good job, Cisco. I knew you had it in you anyway. Um, and proving that everyone in the world who read an article about IoT devices was right. Last Friday, you may have noticed that the Internet kind of went down for a while. This is going to be confusing because this show doesn't come out till Monday. So not the last Friday, if you're listening, the Friday before. Remember when you couldn't get on the Internet? Yeah, that day. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that mass DDoS attacks came out, all driven by Internet of Things devices, smart switches, thermostats, security cameras, anything that has an IoT name to it that connects to the Internet for no good reason. Most of it was probably compromised and went wild on the Internet, which is something that we warned about mm, a month ago. And we were just reading a headline from some other researchers who were trying to warn people about it. You know, and I actually saw another article and it came out, I think, the day before this massive attack. And they were saying, you know, somebody has been trying to take down the Internet. They're trying to learn how to take down the Internet. And then the next day we've got this massive attack that's taking down the Internet. I, I thought the timing was a little bit um, interesting. So, yeah, the IoT security, though, I mean, are people going to start shying away from this stuff or do people just not care? I don't think people care. I don't. Think I, I don't either. Two bits for it. And the reason I say that is because back in the day, people used to buy a wireless router, bring it home, set it up. And hey, Linksys B548 just came online. Oh, look, admin, no password. Great. I'm in. Yep. And they still do it. It's yep. why wireless routers now come pre-configured with its own security. And you know how I know people do it? Because people buy baby cameras or home cameras, set them up, and you can scan for them on the Internet and get in with no password. Yeah. Well, I mean, even a couple of years ago, I remember I was doing a project in school over at one of my buddy's houses. And I needed to connect to Wi-Fi. His neighbor's Wi-Fi was completely unsecured. So I connected to the neighbor's Wi-Fi. I then proceeded to start browsing through all of their family photos that they had saved on their computers. I just, I mean, it's not hard. Oh, my gosh. You know what you should have done? Taken like a family photo that you could see is used often. Copy, make a copy of it. Photoshop yourself in to like the back of the photo <laughs> and put it back up with the same name. Oh, that would have been Just awesome. start doing that to all the different photos. That would have been great. Who's this guy? Why is he in every photo? He was at our wedding. He was at the birth of our child. I've never seen him before. <laughs> is he Chris's friend? <laughs> I'm just saying. But if somebody with a little bit of knowledge, and nobody really knows who did this attack. I, I think I heard a quote from the president saying, yeah, we really don't know what happened. But I did see some stuff indicating that it may have been pulled off by script kitties. Yeah. I mean, if you have, well, look, it's you amazing. Don't even need, it's not hard to get into something when there's no security in place. Yeah, I mean, you don't even need like basic knowledge of how to bring stuff down. If you just have basic knowledge of how to check for access to something, and then you run your scripts that you downloaded off Silk Road 2.0 or whatever, you're good to go. Or 4chan, because you know we got to stop that hacker 4chan. Yeah. That guy, man. So yeah. those are our headlines into our favorites. Mine is unfortunately about the election. Now, I've brought up Adam Ruins Everything before. Uh, it's a show on uh, True TV. Uh, it's originally a, a 
college humor skit that kind of got made into a full TV show. It's great. Adam Conover is a comedian and he leads a show on why preconceived notions, urban myths, all that different stuff that you just accept is true isn't. Uh, and unfortunately for the people around me, it is how I think all the time. Like you just need to watch one of those episodes to know exactly how my mind works, <laughs> which really annoys most people. It's so annoying. Just saying. Well, this week's episode was his election special, and it's not the same as his Adam Ruins voting special he did earlier. This one was a live show. It was on stage. Uh, the language turns a little bit blue from time to time. It's true TV, so they bleep it. But it goes into why this election isn't as shocking from a historical standpoint as you might think. Why Trump isn't this horribly evil person, the likes of which we've never seen in politics before. We've seen plenty of them before. Why Hillary scandals aren't the worst things you've ever seen. It doesn't make a case for either candidate. So before you start saying it's a partisan thing or, or whatnot, it really doesn't. It's just pointing out that none of it, none of it is really what you think it is. It's just trying most of its media agencies and news agencies trying to spin it to you that way or the other candidates themselves. And almost none of it's true. I find this stuff hilarious. I find this stuff fascinating. Um, it's hard to find the entire episode online. So instead, there's just clips of it in a playlist on YouTube. Uh, from there, you can kind of search it out or maybe find it other ways. Just saying. You can always procure stuff. Just a little bit of knowledge is all it takes. Uh, my favorite this week, if you are a fan of The Walking Dead, uh, then you probably already know what transpired over uh, the season premiere, which aired last week or two Sundays ago by the time you listen to this. Uh, if you're not, then okay, you know, get on that. You need to really watch that show because it's a great show. But I'm a huge fan of the comic books, and I'm going to tell you spoilers are coming. Spoilers are coming, so if you haven't seen the season premiere yet, you don't want it spoiled, just go now. Uh, Glenn. Where are they going to go? We're a podcast. That's true. That's true. Turn it off. So Glenn got killed by Negan. Not a big surprise there for me because I read the comics. And this is where my favorite comes into play. They actually put together over at uh, comicbook.com a side-by-side -side comparison of the show the scene where Glenn is getting his brains exfoliated, shall we say, and the comic book panels. And I got to tell you, it is really cool. And I was really happy when I was watching the episode to see how many similarities I noticed. But actually looking at them side by side, they did a phenomenal job in the production and the shooting of that scene. And... Yeah, it's it's graphic, so you know don't watch or don't check it out with the kids around. Uh, but if you're a, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead and you like the comic, you like the TV show, this is definitely definitely worth a couple minutes of your time to to check out. How lucky was the zombie who came across that scene? You know, no work needed to get to those brains. I know, it's not man. often that one of those guys just finds like brains just laying there. It is, and now we're we're starting to see some of the the pre. Uh, pre-show makeup that they did for, for Steven Yoon. And, oh my gosh, it's just amazing how, what they can do, what they're doing with the practical effects on this show. Really cool. <laughs> we didn't have to actually kill an actor to do this scene. We could have CGI'd <laughs> it, but you know what? The audience would have known, and it just looks cooler this way. It really does. It really does. This is why J.J. J. Abrams isn't allowed to direct Walking Dead. 
Because <laughs> there'd just be lens flares everywhere. Lens flares and actual dead actors. Yeah. Practical effects should only go so far, JJ. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Hey, thanks for listening in again. Uh, again, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. I owe you an article on how not to get hacked. I will work on it. I promise. Until next time. Cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.